Welcome to Podcast for the Recently Released. I'm your host, Louis Stardust. And I'm that other guy, Joe. That's it? Nothing? I'm Joe Schmo, the guy in the real fine print below, Louis Stardust. That's funny. I actually like that. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a bunch of current favorites, some things that we watched. We're going to be talking about Stranger Things, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, and we're also going to talk about Alita, which are like the three things we watched this week and really enjoyed. Um, so we're on to season three of this show, and to my understanding, they said it would always be like four or five seasons, um, which makes sense for the show because how many times can the same premise of, you know, kids save the world uh, be done? Right. Well, I mean, considering they kind of are constantly doing tributes to all of your favorite old 80s stuff, I kind of think that they could do a lot of seasons because they could do something outrageous every time. I mean, we'll be talking about, obviously, the story in a second, but the third season is a kind of outrageous, off-the-wall kind of story, and it does seem like they could do that a lot and have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, but not with the time frame that they're in. I guess they're in the 80s. Um, this year was 1984, so what, they have an additional four years, or, I'm sorry, six years that they can do. I don't think it would make sense for this show, and I think that it would grow very tiresome as much as I enjoy it. I can't see it going past, like, five seasons. Not because it would be, you know, bad writing, but just because I think it could potentially become bad writing after that point. Oh, yeah. So, um, basically, the whole premise, as you can see from the trailer, at the show, everything is it's set around the 4th of July, and with that being said, we get introduced to our big bad of the season, which is Billy. Billy was uh, introduced to us last season, but this time he gets... It's basically like a face hugger, right? That's what they're called from Alien. Yeah, he gets his face hugged really hard. Yeah, for sure, and um, he becomes the villain of the season, so this is probably the thing that disappointed me the most about this season. Um, everything we're saying, of course, is going to be a spoiler, so for me, when we were introduced to him and seeing him in the trailer as the big bad, I was actually kind of excited. Um, he was kind of a dick in season two, but I was hoping that even though he was going to be a villain in this season, he was still going to have redeeming factors. I don't think we really got any bit of that. Um, we kind of see it at the end, you know, when he stands up for himself and he defends Elle. And we see his backstory in the season, which I think is a really nice touch. Like, it was important to this character to show his backstory. But that was really it for me. I don't have too much to complain about this season. My main thing being that I felt like there was going to be more for Billy's character and role as a villain. I felt really played out. I felt like, you know, we see him in the beginning with this, like, lifeguard scenario. And they have that very, like, Scooby plan of getting him into the sauna. I actually really liked that. I thought that was... Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was nostalgic. It felt right for these characters. I think that they show a couple scenes, I guess, like when he, you know, kidnaps the girl, the stuff with the family. But I feel like his main scenes were the lifeguard stuff. And then when he's in his car trying to, like, run them over. And then when he dies, like, that's it. Like, that's the most 
memorable traits for that and you would think if he was such a big villain like villain they would have shown more stuff with him like i feel like there's some episodes he was barely in or not in at all you know what i'm saying yeah i feel like the same thing they just randomly brought him in as like when they were onto something and they needed an obstacle depending on the characters they just were like oh billy can come in and it's not like billy's like a total piece of garbage he's had you know a rough time it doesn't excuse what he's doing but like I don't need a redemption arc for him. I don't need him to be saved and to be a good guy. I'm not saying that. But I would have liked to just see more of him in this story, especially because it was around him. Um, But other than that, I mean, would you like to talk about some of your favorite things or just about the season in general? Well, also, I wanted to mention my main problem with the story is, is obviously they're telling you the upside down still exists and that the mind flare still exists with that being said they didn't go into the upside down very much and when they did it was very empty the only thing that existed obviously were the people that were corrupted by the mind flare they didn't really show any demogorgons or anything like that or the rest of hawkins in the upside down at all the so, thing is, like, they only show the demidog, demogorgon, and the big monster. Like, there could probably be thousands of other creatures in there. Yeah. And the upside down is so interesting to me, and I don't know why there hasn't been a big premise of people going into it. Yeah, and they went into that whole sub-story for Eleven in the last season of where there was other numbers. Mm-hmm. And they showed the one girl who had her powers and all that, and all you know that that yeah number eight was like on the run and all that and then they just kind of dropped all of that and acted like it never even happened or none of that exists yeah she never brings her up this season at all um there's no what is the word continuity with that so what i was actually hoping for was to even just get a glimpse of other numbers throughout the season like the other numbers yeah that would be great um even if it was just like they exist and maybe they're gonna you know explore that in the future because i thought that number eight story was very interesting i like that group of misfits and stuff i don't think it entirely fit the story and i think it was kind of done weird but i think I, i i don't mind that as much as other people do um and I would have liked to see more of that this season. And basically, again, our groups are divided into the kids, uh, you know, Joyce and Hopper, and then also um, the Scoops troop this season, which honestly I think was this season's, like, biggest pull, uh, the Scoops troop in general, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Dustin, Erica, we get introduced to Robin, who's a new character, and Steve, and I think that they were probably, like, all the highlight moments of the season for me were pretty much their scenes. Mostly, yeah, I would say. Now, how do you feel about the introduction of Robin as a character? Because she was a new one for us. She was okay. Yeah, her character was was fine. I didn't, so I actually really liked her. I didn't feel like she was forced on the storyline. No, no. And it, it felt, like, very organic. It didn't feel like it was, like, oh, here's another character, like, that we're ma- trying to make you like. Like, it felt very organic with her. Um, she had, like, a very sarcastic side, and, like, she meshed well with the other characters. I liked how, you know, interested in all of this she was. And I liked that she did have chemistry with Steve, but obviously um, she reveals that she's into women. And I actually was kind of surprised by it but i think they did it in a way that wasn't trying to be like yeah we we checked off all of our you know 
boxes with this one like here's our lgbt reference here's our like poc reference like you know what i mean i feel like some shows and television and and uh movies just do that just to do it but they did the writing well enough where i felt like it just felt organic and it didn't feel forced yeah and then at that point i felt like they could have threw out then the potential buildup of the the relationship with them to the level they did i don't think so i think it felt good i think it felt right and i think that um oh, it was fine but i thought they could have happens like... and it's not like it's unrealistic and i think that it was nice to have a character who wasn't just like a romantic trope and wasn't just steve's love interest like she was her own character and while some of us might have thought that that it was the way that it was leading to they still have a chemistry whether it be romantic or not Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I get all that. What I'm saying is, is all the scenes that I could do without in the in the show were like the really slow emotional scenes. Like when they were in the stalls just talking and talking and it was like that like build up of their whole chemistry and all that. I was like, oh, my God, this is dragging. Like, And I hated it with the other characters, too, like especially Eleven and the other kid. Like I, can, I just like it when they're kids and they're all adventuring and things are just going wild. That's I, the stuff I get yeah, into. Yeah, I, I like that too, but I also think like them being teenagers is like realistic. I think there was way more comedic um, value and storytelling in this one, which I didn't expect at all. Like it was like very, very like trying to be comedic. Yeah, I love that. Um, I loved it, and I and I don't know. I was kind of on the fence with it. I think that the moments you're talking about, yes, the dialogue was long, but I think it felt more dragged on because it was the in the middle of everything, like everything's finally breaking down billy's there the monster's out like the kids are running away and like you know dustin and Susie are fucking singing the never-ending story song like it's just like stuff like that I... yeah well that's what i'm saying that was a funny moment though like that wasn't like slow and emotional that was like funny yeah but even the slow and, and like... emotional stuff with steve and robin when they were all on drugs i was freaking out i'm like you guys like can you just get out you're gonna get murdered by these russians and i'm freaking out thinking about the russians the entire time this is happening yeah i was like so uh, i guess that's supposed to like break the ice between the two but it just it was for me as a person who gets like very fully invested in characters it was hard for me to pay attention without freaking the hell out because i wanted to know what was happening next and i was stuck listening to the entire you know verse of dustin and Susie together yeah for sure. Um, I really liked that they went the very comic-y, out-of-control, sci-fi, like, 80s theme where they were like, okay, well, what can be another thing that reopens the Upside Down and brings the Mind Flayer back in? And they were like, we got it. An evil mall controlled by evil Russians. And I'm like, all right, like, that's cool. Like, I, I always, like, love the old movies where it's some foreign mad scientist or some goofy stuff like that. And that's pretty much what they were doing. And they were almost making it like the mall is evil. And then on top of it, the mall was also owned by evil people who were masterminds and, you know, opening the upside down and all that. I thought that was pretty funny. I really like that season one and two, you know, Joyce is like, my kids. And this season she's like, the magnets on my fridge are not working. Yeah, and like everybody the whole time's like, have you seen the kids? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Where are the kids? Like all the time. Yeah. 
I also really liked Alexi's character, and I'm kind of sad to see him go. Um, I honestly thought Steve Harrington was going to die this season. I had a feeling like one of the teenagers was going to die. Um, we obviously lose Billy, we lose Alexi, and then we presumably lose Hopper. Uh, the reason I say that is because they don't actually show him die. They show everybody in the room vaporize and they show, you know, the explosion, I guess, itself happening when they're closing the portal. Um, but after, or in the credits, there's that scene where they're over in Russia and they go to feed a prisoner to one of the Demogorgons and they say, not that one, or they say, not the American. So it's safe to say that they obviously have an American in one of their cells, if not multiple, but in that one in particular. Um, some people are theorizing that's Hopper because we actually didn't see him die. Uh, I think that's, you know, a fine guess. I would definitely be interested in seeing how he survived. Maybe he went into the upside down at that point. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, um, who knows? My other options would be potentially another one of Eleven's siblings. Like, not siblings, but like one of the numbered people she was with yeah that's the only other thing i could think of what about you do you have any theories on who is in that cell i mean no i that's that's the that's the only person i could think of that they would have in the cell off the top of my head otherwise no (laughs) maybe if uh billy you know, if they if they had him survive somehow, maybe him. Yeah, I feel like there might have been a way if they were to, you know, because he had um, his body possessed, and maybe there's a way that these Russians are messing around. But these Russians are fucking stupid, man. They're literally going to just cause everybody to die at this point. Yeah, and I don't think, they don't really ever stress if they understand that the Upside Down is filled with, like, basically demons it seems like they might want to be like we use it for war and technology like everything else yeah but at the end they do have a demogorgon so they i guess do know it yeah to some degree so i think they're evil i want to think they're using it as like a weapon yeah weapons um i think so let's go to like our main kids and i think the biggest disappointment for me not disappointment because i think he's a brilliant actor is um is will noah schapp He's a really good actor, and I think that Will's an interesting character, but I wanted so much more from Will this season because the first two seasons, Will has just been, like, getting beat the hell up. You know what I mean? He's been trapped in the Upside Down. He's been taken over and possessed. I want to see more of, like, a redemption from him this season. Yeah, I thought some more was going to happen to him besides him being, like, the, you know, the kid with the spider sense the whole season, and that's it. (laughs) You know, otherwise, he's just the kid that gets left out of everything. Yeah, and I think that he's, you know, he's the only one out of all them that still wants to be a kid. You know, they're relative, I think they're, like, only, like, 13 years old. Like, they're still relatively a kid, but I know at that age, I was definitely like, yeah, I'm an adult, you know what I mean? Like, I definitely thought I was a lot older than I actually was. So I think that's realistic. Um... You know, I think there's some funny scenarios. I get the whole dating awkward scenario between, you know, Lucas, Max, uh, Mike, and Eleven. But I I wish there was just, like, maybe, like, 5% less of that and more of, like, a story that could be developed for Will or for somebody else. Um, It bums me out that they're, like, really separated from Dustin the entire time. But I do like his dynamic with Steve, Erica, and uh, Robin. So that's... 
Yeah, and Erica is like one of the best characters this season. You know, people were like, oh, I think she's just like a rude brat. I'm like, but everybody she's talking to is like in her age group. It's not like she's talking to adults and are like, y'all are pieces of shit. Like, yeah, I think she's just funny and like she's doing everything for ice cream. Like, I love Yeah, that. and everything she says is hilarious. So she's a great character. And they also like... I don't know if I would call it a plot hole, but there were these green tubes that they were using to power the machines, and you think they could have just, like, stole some shit to, like, I don't know, give to the government that was there, unless they seized stuff in the building, I don't know. Yeah, and they don't ever specify what the green stuff is. Yeah. They're just like, here's some green stuff. Yeah, well, it, it, I remember she was like, I'm gonna drink this. It's either I die, or I survive off of this, and then, like, it melts the floor and shit. Yeah. Um, I also, what was his name? The guy from last season who Nancy and and Jonathan went with. Murray? Is that his name? The guy who was with Hopper, Alexei, and Joyce this season with the Russian. He was speaking Russian. The I guy think who was Murray. speaking Russian? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Murray. Yeah, him and the Russian guy were pretty funny together. And I actually really liked him last season, too. And obviously he does the same, you know, you guys are in love dynamic between... Um, Joyce and Hopper so I enjoyed seeing him again I thought he was a really cool character um obviously last season he was like it's the Russians like he kept saying that yeah and this season it was actually the Russians so I thought that was funny yeah that was all pretty funny to see come together and to see him back this season was good I think the only people we haven't talked about were Nancy and Jonathan and that's because I feel like, I don't want to sound like shitty, but I don't think their story was like as impactful. Um, obviously, Nancy saw some traces of what was going on early on as well. Like Joyce seen the magnets, Nancy saw the rats. And so that's where their story really comes in. I think that it was um, interesting to see her wanting to pursue a story in a sexist environment, of course. But um, I thought that the one of the cooler scenes of the season was actually when her and Jonathan were in the hospital with the like demogorgon monster thing yeah that was cool with her two bosses and then they had to fight them yeah that was a lot of fun yeah i really like that and i will say i feel like jonathan has come through all season um not saying that he know he's the strongest but he defended nancy there he straight up was like trying to cut open l's leg like he was immediately the yeah he's fighting like a savage the whole time yeah he definitely pulled through so um definitely a fan of jonathan this season i mean he's he's been great other seasons you know what he's come a long way because season one he was out here taking pictures of nancy you know in her fucking bra while she was gonna bang steve harrington Ooh. remember that like it was super creepy and that's why he yeah, got beat up it was it was very bizarre no good but um, overall, I mean, I really like the season. I would give it a solid nine. I think the thing that brings down the rating the most for me in particular is what they did to Billy. I don't mind him, you know, dying. I just wish that they would have given it a better storyline of him being um, associated with the villain. What about you? Um, I would give it a solid eight. I think it was pretty good. Damn, two notches down? Well, you gave it a nine. Yeah. I gave it an eight. It's one notch down from yours. Yeah, but that's from ten. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so. So, what would you say was your favorite season out of all three of them? Um, 
probably still the first one. I think the first for me too, but I think that it would be one, three, two in order of my favorites. Like I like this one, I think more than last season. Really? I thought last season was good, but I I think there was things I really like. Like I think the Scoops troop was really good for me. I liked Dustin and Steve last. It's season hard too. to forget Bob the Brain newbie superhero. Oh, Bob! Yeah, you love him. So I guess- out of all the characters they introduced into the show, he was one of my favorites. That like the whole time I was like rooting for, I was like, "Yo, that dude's the best!" Like, and and he was a good like middleman to deal with the whole dynamic of Will's mom being psychotic. Yeah, she was a he was a good guy. Um, so before we get into what else we want to talk about, can we talk about the ending in which um we get a note right over from Hopper? So we're assuming he's dead. Now, we have a theory that he's alive, but if he's not, I want to know what your thoughts are for next season with his storyline. If he's truly dead, like, what do you think, you know, is going to happen with Eleven and everything else? Because now, she's with Joyce, um, Will, and Jonathan, and they move out of town. So, do you have any predictions for things that will happen next season? Maybe things you would like to see? Um, I think they're all going to get together for a trip. Maybe like a camping trip or something for a, or summer they say, or something random they like say that. Thanksgiving. Yeah, and like when they're driving out, the sign says like you know leaving Hawkins, come again soon, you know, and stuff like that. So they'll be back for some kind of visit or an event or maybe even a holiday. Maybe it'll be a holiday type season, you know. Well, last where, season was Halloween. This season. Was yeah, maybe July. they'll go Christmas mm-hmm. this time or something like that and do like the. The classic, like, Gremlins-type scenario where it's all happening during Christmas. Well, or... Christmas was first season. It ended with Christmas, and it, it was, like, right before Christmas because that was why she it had It could lights. start with Christmas and with Christmas-type deal. Yeah. You know, uh, we could do something like that. That would be kind of cool. And then they could all, you know, have to get back together and fight, you know, obviously, because they do show that in Russia they have that Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. And the Russians do own a bunch of property still in Hawkins that they don't necessarily say, like that they got to keep or didn't keep. So no. we'll find out what happens with that. Well, especially since the government came. Now that Hopper's not there, they don't have that connection. However, um, I guess since they have that conversation with Joyce, maybe she'll be like their insider, even though she's not in Hawkins. Uh, I think that next season. I mean, I would really, really hope that they explore other. Um, characters who are like L, whether it's you know whether they have similar powers or different obviously her sister was able to like build like mirages and stuff and I think that was really cool so yeah because they could do something a dynamic where um L gets her powers back and becomes even more powerful over time now and then you find out let's say that uh what's his name the sheriff Hopper. Hopper is still alive, but in Russia, trapped in that facility. But at the same time, in Russia, there's also another number. And one of those kids is also getting pretty strong and is able to communicate through that water darkness world that Eleven goes into Yeah, that would with be Eleven. Mm-hmm. And then they communicate, and then they both find out the relation with Hopper and that Hopper exists, and it's kind of a rescue, rescue mission from their area and Hawkins from things going on there and Russia at the same time. We're out here just writing fanfic. I love that. Um, I do hope that, you know, 
there's more to this Hopper story, even if he is truly dead. I hope there's just some subtle elements that we'll get into next season. Um, I don't think he is. I really think that it's him. I don't know how, but I'm definitely intrigued to see. We'll see. So we also got the chance to go see Spider-Man Far From Home this week, which I was really excited about. This is one I've been looking forward to. Uh, Joe and I are actually, you know, obviously big fans of comic books, uh, Marvel in particular, but we both really like Spider-Man. Like when we started dating, we realized that was like our thing. Uh, Me personally, I had a Spider-Man bedroom theme in high school. (laughs) Like my entire room was spider-man bed sheets with spider-man art everywhere and when we started dating um i saw your spider-man arcade cabinet and i was like wow this is the person for me and if you don't already know joe actually has a really good video on youtube just search his name spider-man joe matisa (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you search joe matisa on youtube i have a spider-man video i made a series of spider-man episodes uh, that I put on YouTube and now there's only one left on YouTube but I had a DVD with like a commercial like like kind of gag reel and all that. I was big into making mini episodes of Spider-Man fan film stuff the main point is that it has over 9 million views on YouTube and it's fantastic uh, but what I'm getting at is that we are obviously diehard Spider-Man fans um, I know that for for a fact, Joe's favorite movie is, is the second Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. I Woo! understand that. But I think, in my opinion, and I am assuming it's the majority here, that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man we've seen. He's the most like Peter Parker and the most like uh, Spider-Man, in my opinion. I felt like Ar- Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man, and I felt like Tobey was an okay Peter Parker. I think that Tom Holland brings the best of both worlds. I think that he's charming, and I think that he's, like, the right age for the character. Yeah. Correct? I I like him. He is a good character, yeah. I think he's great. So, with that being said, we're going to talk about uh, the new Spider-Man movie and, you know, some of our favorite parts of that as well. So, right off the bat, I know exactly what you want to talk about, and I'm assuming it's about the villain of choice. So, go ahead. Okay, well, obviously, I'm a huge fan of spider-man and i'm also a huge fan of mysterio and i remember how hard it was before all this cosplay stuff was big trying to order a giant plastic bowl to put on my head to have a mysterio costume when i was still in high school in the early 2000s and stuff like that so i was really excited to see mysterio i figured it would always be perfect like we're in the land of cg this is the time to use special effects to our benefit and do total surrealism and fun with a character like Mysterio and they finally did it so that was really great to see and uh, you know it's it's a good adaptation on the character it's not quite the original character but the way they play it with the changes they've done in the Marvel Universe is doable enough for me and it is pretty fun for people who do not know about Mysterio so it is really good his his appearance is fantastic and him using his effects on screen is very much like a ripoff of like dr strange-esque yes uh but it's very cool yeah he was a uh, very charming i think i mean i don't have any uh, knowledge of a background in mysterio honestly i remember like the face of the character like the design of it but not really character elements 
Um, and with that being said, I mean, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal did a pretty good job. He was really believable as a villain and as a hero, I think. And I liked his costume a lot. I liked the detailing on, like, his chest armor. Um, I love, like, the little scenes, even when he's like, oh, I need you to iron my cape. Oh, what does he say? need you to steam my cape. And just, like, dumb little things. Um, I think that it was a good choice for a villain. It's something we haven't seen before. I mean, we've seen the Uncle Ben story, you know, 80,000 times. We've seen... Don't diss Uncle Ben. I know, but we've seen, you know, the Green Goblin. We've seen so many characters re- repeated, and I think it's really interesting that they went this route. I'm looking forward to seeing more unique villains. What was it? The first movie was um, Vulture, right? Is that his name? I almost said Falcon. That's... What's his name? First villain in the first movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you're looking at me crazy. So I I like their choices for villains. What? No, it was funny. I I was waiting to see if you were gonna say another funny name that I could go with and be like, yes, absolutely, it's that one. <laughs> I almost said Falcon. And I was, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you to say something because I was gonna be like, yes, absolutely, and no. just roll with it the rest of the time. Um, but I do. I mean, like I said, I love Tom Holland. I thought Zendaya was really cute. I'm a big fan of her, and um, you know, I think I love her MJ obviously you know we're used to a very specific Kirsten Dunst MJ and I didn't like that at all I love comic MJ um she could be kind of a bitch sometimes but I think that she you know obviously truly loves Peter and I think it's a nice dynamic I think that um their romance isn't as forced as like Stranger Things for example like while it feels real and organic and awkward and exactly like what it felt like at 13 years old this is a little bit not mature but it's similar like they have that awkwardness that like tender moment with each other which i think is really sweet uh i also really like that she's like into murder mysteries and all this weird shit like she's super off the wall she's not like a generic like i don't want to say boring mj um i like his friend i don't remember his friend's name is but he's he's a pretty good character I think he has a lot of funny... He's funny. I liked him better in this one because I didn't like the fact that he was like the funny Alfred sidekick type character. I didn't like that as much as this one where he like is trying to be like a sidekick but obviously is just his friend who is in school and messes around just like everybody else. Yeah. And I think that um, one of the more common themes we see in Spider-Man comics is the the struggle and the choice of being Peter Parker and being Spider-Man, right? Like, that's obviously, like, any character's dilemma when you have an alias or a secret identity. And so in this, you know, he he lost Tony, he's lost uh, friends and family, and at this point of his life, he just wants to be a teenager, but he also has his amazing village. So um, you see him struggle with with this in the movie, and I think that it's very... um, well done it doesn't feel like it was planted as a seed in there like that's i i guess you could kind of see it in the trailer but i didn't think it was gonna be such a prominent role and i don't know i i was very um happy with the results of that and the way that it was done anything you want to say about the movie itself maybe other characters um the story itself was cool i liked that they you know, decided they were going to go on the grand scale of them constantly traveling around. They could have also did that with, you know, field trips throughout landmarks of the city. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't have to do the far from home aspect, but I understand they were trying to make things seem even bigger 
and give it a grander scale and give you reason to have a grander scale to you know the interactions with the enemy during it and and him rolling in and destroying bigger monuments that are bigger landmarks that people know throughout the whole world so it has a kind of more serious appeal on a grander scale well, for the global fans you yeah know? well i what i what i love is that he didn't want to bring his suit with him so we get uh introduced into a new suit which is like the black noir suit is that what it's called or the tactical suit yeah I, that i did love the tribute to the the suit with the noir look you know the stealth suit they did it was really cool i love that they call him what night monkey <laughs> Night Monkey was really funny. I like yeah. the comedic stuff they do. Oh, yeah. They were very good. I don't think there was, like, a thing that felt too cheesy or too much. Uh, although I didn't like the idea of them saying Peter Tingle, and I didn't like that they get, didn't give you any Spider-Sense visuals. Yes. No, he did. He had that moment at the end where he was going to fight him. He, I think the um, part about that was he was... It was kind of like how Eleven is right now. Like, it was kind of... He Everything feel blacked it. out. Yeah, and... like he couldn't feel it anymore. And then when he went on this trip, it, it is because he was so... I think it's because... I mean, that's... Let me explain this. I don't think that his spider sense should be off as a result of him not wanting to be a superhero. But it seems like because he was so conflicted with these things that he's just, I guess, lost sight of um, his powers. Yeah, they tried to bring that into it just like they did in the Tobey Maguire sequel. Yeah. So that's what I think they were going for with that, because when he does have that Spider-Sense moment, it's quite cool, and I actually love um, the whole bridge scene fight that he does at the end of Mysterio. A lot There's of fun. There's one scene where he hops over the bridge, and he makes almost like a like a, like a a hammocky shape out of yeah. webs, and then he falls down, upside down, like traditional Spider-Man. It was really cool, because like, when we first get introduced to him, he's in one of the Captain America movies, or the yep. Avenger movies, so like... Civil War. Besides his last movie, he's just been featured in stuff. So it's it's nice to see him um, in this way, I guess. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of really unique usages of the the, the web webs. shooters and just a lot of cool maneuvers in general in this movie that are fun to watch. Well, we were talking about the first suit, but um, at the end he makes a new suit in the plane, which I actually really liked because it didn't feel too much like a. Very expensive Tony, you know, I almost said Tony Hawk, Tony Stark uh, piece of suit, whatever. It wasn't like the Iron Spider suit. It wasn't like just complete armor like when he was presenting with his Aunt May at the, you know. Yeah, they they didn't really need to go into the whole like making of the suit thing. But I, I, I did nice like touch. the suit, especially because it does look like the original barely red and blue more towards red and black suit of the original spider-man with the web wings Mm -hmm. i thought that was fun to watch like him bust out with that suit was really cool looking i think the whole reason why they show this because he's i don't want to say he's the next tony stark but they're showing you that you know he's one learn things from him two is advancing his own and and yeah. I think that's why they did I it. I still wish the web design on the suit was more prominent like I in the old movies. I still wish he had freaking organic webs. I love okay? organic webs. <laughs> like that's I know it's not traditional, but it is the one adaptation in film that I really like. Yeah, I really like that because at the end of the day if you take that away, what does he have? You know, he's he's super strong and he sticks to stuff. Yeah. But other other than that like he could take that and be like a beetle 
now, or, are the webs or any other kind of bug that can crawl on a wall that's super strong. Now, are the webs only stored in the devices he has, or does he have some in his body, but it takes so long to do, like Bakugo? Where no, he always it. has to have cartridges. So it, it's not nothing comes yeah. from him. But that also does add a good dynamic in the comics to the struggle of, because he is so strong and so fast and has this spider sense, that with him having the web shooters, with them breaking or running out of fluid, it does give good issues when he is in a big fight. It gives another obstacle. Yeah, but he could still, like, eventually, like, like how Bakugo so I get it, from though. My Hero, right? He has yeah. to sweat into his hands to make the bomb. So, like, let's say his web is low at some point because he's just been using too much and he has to go and replenish, right? So that would be a good plot still. I hate that. Yeah, like, he could go eat a bunch of pizza and, like, fill his body up and then, like, produce more webs or something and rest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, something like that. Like, he's fueled by, uh, you know, a a slice of pie. Oh, my gosh. You know, he has a slice real quick, bam, shoots some webs. Now, was there anything else that you wanted to mention about this movie? Um, I mean... Obviously, I had my pros and cons, and we did list all our pros pretty much, but I had my cons of the Go movie, ahead, too. Go let them know. Uh, well, my cons of the movie is I really don't like that they don't give any real tribute to Uncle Ben at any moment. Yeah. And everything is just him with Tony Stark as the father figure and him going to be like the next Tony Stark. Not interested in that. I guess that's because everything that's happened, like, they've shown the Uncle Ben story so much. What I would have liked, actually, is in the first movie, um, they do kind of like that vlog style when he's going to work with Tony Stark. And he's like, oh, I'm going to meet with Tony. And he's, like, with Happy and he's vlogging. What I would have liked, because he's giving a synopsis of of his life, is just a quick thing saying... I'm Peter Parker, you know, I live with my thing, and, like, giving the story of Uncle Ben. Yeah. But quick, so it gives you that tribute to him, right? And it yeah, and he ne- but he, he never, like, he never talks about thinks about it in his mind or says anything to it, no. like, you know, I can't let them down or whatever. Like, he'll reference Aunt May once in a while, but, like, he'll never well, reference Uncle never Ben or really, his parents. I don't even think they showed his parents dying. They never showed either because then the Andrew Garfield movies, they showed the parents They dying. don't need to. We know the story. I, know, but they, I just think he But it never he gets addressed. It never gets yeah. addressed for Uncle Ben or them. So even if he did a quick, like... Part of the problem. You know, even if it was a quick clip, like, oh, you know, as I was younger, yeah. I had my parents, like... And then he does have the suitcase, which are, I'm pretty sure are Ben's initials on it. Um, yeah, or, I believe so. Either that or his father. Yeah, it's one of them. But um. But that's it. Like I, I agree. I would have liked. Yeah, to... I'm really uh, not too interested either in the young hot Aunt May. I like the old Aunt May who's always worried about Peter and is always doing things that she shouldn't do in her old age selflessly because she's still wants to be a provider for her family that she has left and like she packed the suit this time yeah and like they did like one little aspect of that with the packing of the suit but like i really no. don't like the young hot aunt may like having a relationship with one of the characters in the show in the no. movies and like i'm not into it i love old aunt may that's not I what i was it. saying i wasn't saying the suit packing was like a, a, tr- a thing i think that's unlike her i feel like she'd be too worried about him like yeah she wants him to do good but i don't think she'd be the one to pack it i think that the 
the tributes and moments of old Aunt May are where it shows her working and where it shows her having that benefit. I think that's the most relatable to Aunt May. Like, I loved Aunt May in the Tobey Maguire She movies. was fantastic. Good so casting. good. Yeah. Like, such a good character. Very good casting. And it was so, like, perfect to the comics. I loved it. Anything else that you disliked before um, we get into and I And I obviously don't like MJ. I thought I didn't like her. I liked her. Not interesting. I think sh- I like her more than Kirsten Dunst so far. I thought Kirsten Dunst, I like I, her. I, I'm else. not a fan of just because it's Kirsten Dunst. I'm just really not into Kirsten Dunst as an actress. But um, I, I like that. Yeah, except for Interview with the Vampire. But I do like her character as MJ more than I do this one because she was closer to MJ. She still wasn't what I wanted in MJ, but she was closer than this girl. I don't like this one at all. Yeah, but I think that she's still fun. She's still a lot younger than we've been introduced to some MJs before. Like, I guess Peter was in high school, yeah, but she felt a lot older to me when we seen her as far as like, um, development. Like, she's obviously very smart, but she's very into, like, she's obviously a different version of MJ for sure. Yeah, and I don't like that, like, obviously I don't like the, the personality or the look, and I don't like the fact that on top of it, like, they don't go into her like the fact that they're supposed to be neighbors and that, that he sees the, her struggle in her life and with how, like, you know, strong and independent she seems. But they seems, haven't had time like, for that. Her, they what her life is like. They could have had a quick dialogue about it, I agree. But the first season, he's so focused on this other girl. The second season, uh, or I'm sorry, the second movie, they're focused on them in another country. So where do they have the time for that? Unless in the third movie they de- develop into that. But I don't think they're committed 150% to a love interest. I think, like, 10% of that is committed to a love interest. Yeah, I just like the things that I like about MJ. None of that shows. No, I agree. Yeah, Um, I just I don't really like the Kirsten Dunst one. So, Um, let's talk about end credits. So the best thing from this movie was the end credit with, uh, uh, oh my god, my words, Daily. uh, With J. Jonah Jameson. So it's called Daily Bugle, Daily Planet, Daily. Daily Bugle. You were right. Okay, (laughs) I was like Daily Planet's a new site. I think. Um, the Daily Bugle, yeah, the the scene with him, first off, I love him as um, J. J. Jonah Jameson. I, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. And seeing him as that role, I, like, freaked out in the movie. Yeah, theater. I'm so excited to see him again. That was awesome. Very, very cool. Um, I don't, I love that MJ was freaking the fuck out and wasn't just, like, Kirsten Dunst, like, oh, this is so romantically amazing. She was like, I don't like that. Put me down. <laughs> like, this is too much for me. I thought that was cute. Um, I don't know where they're going to go with the last clip they played like how they showed uh mysterio saying his name and all that shit i don't know what the deal is with that yeah it's a little different than how they revealed him in the uh comics during civil war and stuff like that but we'll see how that goes that it, it'll go with the whole like thing they typically do in the comics especially with the J. jonah jameson thing where they'll play that you know everybody hates spider-man type deal yeah which they always do in the comics and they J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson always helps to, to do that periodically in the comics, so that'll be cool. And that'll help attribute to that, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I really like him, so. Um, I'll tell you what I don't like, though, was that second cut scene. I don't understand, like, the scroll bullshit with Nick Not Fury. Not interested like, in that. It was that. stupid. Like, I, were they supposed to just be in the movie where we thought it was Nick Fury? Like, I don't know. That's not... Yeah, and I didn't... I'm not just not interested in that. No. But the first cut scene was really good, so... Um, yeah, let us know what your thoughts are on that, especially the cutscenes, because we obviously have a, a very specific opinion on them. <laughs> 
If you made it this far into the podcast, we're going to be talking about Alita. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Alita, it is a manga that was turned into like a anime, right? Like some, was it movies or just anime? Yeah, it was an anime back in like, I think like 95 or 96. Yeah, so it's a little bit old school. Um, it was brought into the film world, I guess you could say, this year. We actually had a really cool experience that we went to back in the winter. And if you want to check out uh, the Alita experience, I have a full video of that on my YouTube. Um, it's obviously not up anymore. It was during the promotion of the film. It went on for about three months, and it was here in New York, uh, Texas, and in California. So it was a really cool, almost like escape room type thing. Uh, we really enjoyed that, so I'm happy we finally got a chance to watch a movie, and we want to talk to you guys a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it was just a really cool experience, and it was cool to see, because I had already seen the animated movie from the 90s to see the like comparison yeah to be like in a live action experience based on it was really cool um so i'm i've said this tons of times i'm sure you've heard it at some point on the internet i'm not a person who is a fan of like robots or cyborg or like robot technology because i'm i'm convinced that they're just gonna take over and that's that's it for us um I know it's a little dramatic, but um, I wasn't, like, super hyped to see this movie, and then we did that experience, and I actually was like, okay, this seems pretty cool. Um, the intro into the movie is, is pretty, like, I don't want to say off-putting, but it's weird for me in particular. Um, just, like, her body in a fucking, like, graveyard at that point. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But I think that um, she's such a, a really, like, lovable character, like, as far as being young and and somewhat innocent in the beginning and then she becomes um more strong and developed as she starts getting her memories so i really liked it i thought it was a really well done movie i think the world that they're set in is pretty cool it's like futuristic but not um they're obviously in a environment where they're a little bit more poor it seems like the city that everybody's so excited to go on that's like on this ship i guess or the one people that want to go to um is like the richer area and like the more successful and it's area. the last one of its kind too and yeah. it's full of the last bits of wealthy people and i guess better technology and things like that yeah so it's actually um pretty i would guess you would say different than it would be it's very like scrapyardy obviously a lot of people trade for things um you know our the dock is like working on robotic parts for people essentially for free or trade for small items and he's a bounty hunter by night yes which is super super cool so all right so in the plot in the beginning the off-putting part that she's talking about is basically the doctor that we kind of base the story around in the beginning he's looking through the scrap that is falling from the sky city and he finds uh, intact head and neck area of a cyborg girl and her brain is still intact so he's pretty excited and he brings it back and builds the body for it and everything and you know reactivates her basically or i guess react reanimates her subconscious i guess in a sense and then you know she kind of has to you know rediscover herself slowly by doing certain things and reacting to certain things within the story and finding out about, 
you know, the doctor and his life and his life at night as a bounty hunter, that kind of triggers certain uh, memories, you know, from her past. And turns out she's, you know, over 300 years old. Spoiler warning, I'm sorry. But, um, you know, and it's from a time where she was a, you know, ultimate weapon, a cyborg of technology that they haven't seen in God knows how long, you know, since the war that was used in the, I guess, fall of all the sky cities and the, you know, part of the reason why they are in the predicament they are in today. So it's really cool to see it all play out and uh, the characters are really awesome. The doctor's amazing and uh, seeing the, you know, partial and full cyborgs is really interesting to see. They're all really fun. Um, especially because the one character that was, um, I believe his name was Francis on Deadpool. He's in it, and he's kind of like one of the main baddies. And, uh, man, he his character looks really cool. And just a lot of the, the seeing, you know, especially throughout the movie as Alita changes and her body changes as she finds, you know, uh, one of the bodies from that I guess she's linked to from her past. And then eventually gets, you know, destroyed and it has to be put into that body is really cool. And the whole sport thing that they do at the end that um, I guess it's uh, what is it? Motorball that uh, they don't really go into as much in the animated movie from the 90s. But it's really cool to see them do it in this film. And it was a fun way to kind of end the movie and leave it open to where. They could have, you know, sequels and things like that. And hopefully they do, you know, well enough or did well enough to have a sequel one day. I would love to see where it can go from here. So let's go into some pros and cons here. Um, pros, I guess you would say for me, is I really liked um, her armor in the first bit, like the ones that he made for his daughter. I think that was really sweet. I love the suit that she finds in that, like, leftover beaten up spaceship thing um i love motorball motorball was like really really fun as fun as far as it you know being corrupted and fucked up but yeah. the actual game of it's actually really really cool yeah it looks um, like a lot of fun when we went to the alita thing they had motorball but it was just we bet on the races and those guys were really fun so i actually enjoyed that a lot um i think that the ending was really solid it felt like full circle not not like full circle where the story's over but like for that portion of the story it made sense and yeah. i actually thought it was gonna still keep going and i didn't know they were gonna leave it kind of like you know up to decision for another film um i thought that she was a really good character like i didn't know how i was gonna feel about her as i, I mentioned earlier so I, I really enjoyed her and i have like a love-hate relationship with her and hugo's relationship i'm very much into um guys who seem like bad boys but are very soft in movies like that's i love those kind of guys and he's obviously that um i didn't care for him dying and then dying again like i would have just rather him stay dead but i guess that was important to the story yeah that's how it happens pretty much in the in the animated film yeah um, and in the comic so it was cool to see that i love the other like bounty hunter guys i think they're really cool especially the guy with all the dogs he was fantastic oh the dog guy yeah he was great that cantina fight scene was really cool it kind of reminded me of like the church fight scene from uh 
Kingsman. Kingsman, but not as cool because the Kingsman one is still like the top for me. But it was kind of like the bar fight in Kingsman, maybe. Yeah, it had that kind of feel. It was yeah, a lot of fun. It was really fun. So, and I also love when she goes through the ground to fight that one dude, even though she gets beat up and she's just got a torso and an arm, she still whoops his ass. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. Very, very cool. So, um, it's interesting to see how powerful she actually is, and considering she was just like in a junk scrapyard. So, um, I wonder if there's other. I mean, they say she's the last of her kind, but since they found her in a scrapyard, I wonder if she truly is. And I would love to see more about her actual backstory because we got glimpses of it, but I would love to see more of um, the people that she was with. I'd like to actually see more in the actual town because we got some street stuff and like the cantina and stuff, but I would love to see like more village market places as well. Um, and what I thought was cool too is like because we went to experience, I kept seeing stuff. I'm like, oh, we had that there. Like we went to this place while we were at the experience. Like, yeah. The chocolate bars we got. Um, they had like all the taco stuff and we got like hot sauces for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, just little things that I thought were really like they because i went to that experience i was so excited but if it was reversed and i was a big alita fan i would have been hyped at the experience for how much detail they got yeah definitely but it was really cool um as far as other cons i don't know if i have many um i thought that the wife was rather annoying like she just really wanted to go back home i guess and that's fine, but, like, then she had a soft spot, and, like, they fucking took her eyeballs and her <laughs> and shit. Like, yeah. that was crazy. I also, I think, actually, what I really disliked is that um, his partner, the nurse that worked yeah. with him, she said, like, three things the whole movie, and she was there, like, pretty much every time he was with Alita. I feel like she was maybe full cyborg, and they dressed her up to be more human. No, it looked like she had, I mean, maybe under her torso. Yeah, yeah. but she still didn't say anything. I don't she care. She didn't say very much. They didn't give her. She said her... to him, she said, we can't afford to have this business or whatever if you keep um, doing things for free. Like, she said that, yeah. and then she looked like she wanted to say something to Alita right before she went to Motorball, and because she was talking about being in love, and she didn't say stuff. I wanted to hear her say something. Yeah, a little bit of witty banter or something here and there from her would have been nice. Yeah. You know, or at least, like, some professional banter where she's like, you know, I can't really speak on this matter, but, you know, I would say blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But what about you? What are your pros and cons, I guess? um, I I have similar cons, I guess, to what you're saying with, with like, you know, I didn't, although the Hugo stuff was cool to see, like, yeah, I don't need to see too much relationship stuff and everything like that. I'm a that. sucker for relationships, though. Like, uh, I know you are, but um, I, I, I overall really liked it. I'm, I was a little disappointed that at the end they, they weren't going to, you know, show me necessarily where I guess things were going to go with... Um, the, the Sky City, you know, and, you know, if anybody was actually going to go up there or anything like that, I guess that they leave it open for a sequel. Yeah, and I guess then movingly enough, hopefully there's another sequel. I would love to watch another one. I think also what, what pisses me off with the Hugo stuff is that, you know, he was, he, he, the doctor says um, that good people essentially do bad things in this town because, you know, he was a good person, but he had a shitty job of, you know, 
beating up cyborgs and taking their parts, right? Yeah. But he chose to do that. Like, it wasn't like he was doing it so he could make a living and not die. He did it because he wanted to go to the Sky City so bad. He was told if he got, like, a million credits or whatever it was, that he would go to the Sky City and he would live like a king. And yes, that that's a better life, and I don't think that's selfish for you um, wanting a better life, but I do think it's selfish that that's the way you're going about it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I you, agree. We learn obviously that the, none of that's going to work. Like the only way to do it is if you win motorball. But it's just crazy to me that you know it was like, oh, poor Hugo. Like life gave him these options. It's like no, these people are still surviving. It's not like he was doing this to like feed his family. Like that. Like, yeah, I think he was doing it for his own selfish reasons because he. Thought yeah. that it was necessary. And then Alita's like, I'll give go. you my heart, we can go. And he's like, no, like, no, I'll keep your stuff. And she's like, well, how about I, you know, sacrifice myself in motorball and then I'll bring us there. And he's like, yeah, sounds like a good idea. Like, he tells the guy where she is. Yeah. And he knows was... that the guy takes parts from cyborgs. Yeah, so that's not good. So I think it's ironic that he becomes a cyborg at the end and then, you know. Well, you see the side thing of him obviously being a, one of those people who were robbing cyborgs and stuff yeah. like that and so it's uh pretty interesting to see how that all played out but uh at the same time some of it was not necessary i didn't like some of it as much mm. anything else that you disliked or um, no liked? i really enjoyed the movie overall i I'd think it, yeah i mean i don't know other than me complaining about hugo a little bit even though i still liked his character i don't think there was much for me to honestly dislike i i really would love to see more of um just the unique characters like all the bounty hunters were so different what was her name was like screwhead like they were just dumb so. oh yeah like really outrageous stuff that they were doing and it was really fun to see those ca- characters i like, didn't like that they killed the dog i mean we didn't see it so i like that but you know. yeah and it was the only dog that wasn't a robot so like that was kind of a bummer i was like yo kill a robot dog before you kill the actual little dog yeah piece of shit but he was a brave little dog i liked him yeah he was good he was her friend she gave him a taco so he stood up for her cute yeah right that was the one that she gave a taco to i would do the same thing I feel you. But, um, yeah, I, I guess that's all we really have to say about Alita. I would really like for there to be another movie. Um, I'm, I don't want to say I'm fairly new to anime, but, like, I wasn't watching that old school, like, anime reading that much manga back in the day. So I would actually, um, be interested in seeing more of it now that we've had this experience and we've watched this film. But I think that's everything we have to say. Let us know what your thoughts are on Alita, Spider-Man, and the newest Stranger Things series. Uh, We obviously had a lot to say in today's episode, and we obviously want to see more from, you know, these in the future, potentially if we get more seasons or more, uh, whatchamacallit, more films from it, so... Let us know what your thoughts are on that. We are over on Instagram at pod for the recently released. We do lots of uploads on there. We let you know when episodes go live. We do giveaways. We share out other really cool stuff on there. So if you want to give us a follow and chat with us, that is the best way to do so. Don't forget you can listen to us now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And thank you guys so much for listening.